Welcome back, everybody. We have Turn Around Tuesday today. Just kind of sounds. <laughs> Liam's not too sure about that. <laughs> well, hey, it is what it is. Turn Around Tuesday. We have uh, we, we've already had our Bible study. For those of you all tuning yeah. in for the Bible study, you missed it. You see, you need to listen to the whole breakfast show, not just part of the breakfast hey. show. Um, that way, yeah, yeah, and, and Liam's got something. Oh, I'm, I'm really sorry, but do you mind if I just play that again and, and you do it normally? Good morning and welcome, everybody. I'm going to play it from the beginning. No, no, play it from the beginning. No, it's all right. No, it's all good. All we right. need the time. Minnie's got a good story to share. Oh, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Liam's just like, no. but <laughs> He ruined the jingle. <laughs> Liam's heartbroken. Oh, that's funny, uh, yes. But yes, it is different okay. today. But it is. Okay, but we do need a story and we do need some positively different news. Okay, yes. So and you, I actually thought all of these stories were so cool. Like I don't have – I've got a few. You, I always have to have a few up my sleeve just in case. Uh-huh. And I was like, man, I want to tell all of these today. All right, just do the first few of them really fast and then – And then just smash can, it out. Yeah. Okay, well, actually, so we were talking about the tension earlier between the Israelis and Pakistan, uh, pa- Palestinians. Palestinians, yes. yes. Um. Anyway, so just hold that to your side a second. So there has been a date, date seeds, sorry, were discovered in the 1960s that date back between 35 BC to 65 AD. Okay, so first century. Yes, it was like a couple of thousand years ago. So first century BC AD. Yes, and now they're being grown again. That's cool. Isn't it? That is so cool. I know. So Seeds are like the most amazing things on the planet. Yeah. How different are they from modern dates? Okay. So I don't specifically know, but when they were common, they were known, the Judean dates were known to have medicinal qualities. So whatever specifically about these Judean dates, um, apparently they were just really great. I don't know why. Okay. Apparently they, they, they do just good things. Difference. Yes. Things. Yeah. Haven't grown for so years. Things years. Again. Good yeah. Things. things. That's right. <laughs> With the, all the things. <laughs> um, so the first tree was germinated 15 years ago uh-huh. and was named Methuselah because yes. of the longest living human in the Bible. Yes. You know, so it's the longest living, you know, seeds. Um, twice the age of Methuselah, but yeah. this is good. This is good. Um, but they they needed a female plant so that it could actually pollinate and reproduce. Oh. So they're like, what do we do? So they went on another archaeological dig. 33, uh, 32 seeds were found, only six germinated, and only one flowered. So that has been named Hannah because Hannah was oh, barren. And, and it is a female. It yes, is actually a female. it's a female. Yep. Um, Amazing. I know. And so she has produced 111 dates that were recently harvested. Now, here's what I like about well, – okay, I mean, I think that itself is quite cool. But um, the home of the trees is in a kibbutz Keturah, which is on the campus of the Arava, Arava? – anyway, the yep. institute located in an Israeli-Jordanian border. So okay. since 1996, the, this institute has brought together Israeli, Palestinian, and Jordanian Jordanian students cool. to learn how to co- cooperatively solve the regional and global challenges of our time. And so this is all faith. So they have Muslim, Jewish, and Christians all working together. And for some reason, apparently due to imp- Jews, what am I saying? Dates are important to all of them. So apparently for some reason, the Jews found it important because of something to do with the Torah, which I got a bit confused about what it was trying to tell me. Um, traditionally, Ramadan, the Muslim um, is broken with a date. Um, and then for Christians um, in the area, they believe that when Jesus was welcomed into the city, it was with date, palm, things. I just like them. Oh, I know. They're I amazing. Just, I just like eating them. I know. They're delicious. I um, really want to try some of these dates. I know. But anyway, so Methuselah and Hannah are grown on, the, on this campus steeped in faith. And 
like all great redemption stories, remind us that um, what appears dead and beyond reach can be revived. Okay, so here's here's, here's something interesting. Uh, this is this is my this is my question. Mm. Is okay, you only need the seed out of the middle of the date. Yes. So you can still eat the dates and plant the seed. That would seem to make so sense. So the seeds are really valuable because there's only 110 of them. Yeah. But who got to eat those 110 dates? Well, you know what? They're actually looking at them scientifically. And I was like, what? Nobody got to try. Look, you, I don't you know. know. You know if you were in that lab, you would have had a nibble, yeah, right? Yeah, you got to have a nibble. You would have had a nibble. Absolutely. <laughs> I would have had a nibble. Like you can't eat the, test the whole thing. But yeah, so basically they're trying to examine what are the properties. Why are they so good? Why were they so popular? Why da, 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 all of the things? Yes. Um, but yeah, so I don't think they – I think like obviously they want the trees to flourish and they want – to produce more, um, but this first round they were like, "No, we want it to be a scientific study." I was like, oh. it's "Epically amazing!" <laughs> I'm like, "Come on, as if you're not going to eat like just a cheeky, just a cheeky bite, you know?" Because <laughs> yeah, yeah. does it taste different? I don't know. Like, I just I know dates, but anyway, I thought it was a very cool story. Like, what history is there? Like, how did they know? They just came across some seeds and went, you know what, I think we need to find out what these are. I guess that's how a lot of archaeology works though, isn't it? It is, it yeah. is. And it's not uncommon to find really ancient seeds and then like, well, let's try and germinate these and see what comes yeah, out. Yeah, see what happens. <laughs> you know, see how different they are from the modern version. How much has it uh, adapted over time mm-hmm. from the ancient one to the modern one, you know. And then you get these hybrids that come along and they interbreed with each other and eventually the original mm-hmm. species disappears and then it's like... Such a pretty interesting. You've got it back from the dead again. Yeah. Okay. All right. So another story for the day. Um... Ooh, I've lost it. Okay, so Auckland landlord Jackie Trevdyche, I don't know what name, Jackie. So basically she kept her rental property completely empty for two months, specifically for this one tenant. She was like, I want you to have it. This is Auckland. Waiting for Auckland the tenant is expensive. to arrive. No, just waiting till like, she had the finances to be able to do it. Oh, so she could save up and move in. Yep. So obviously Auckland, crazy prices this year, a bit stressful. Um, so Shelley, who was the tenant who moved in, um, her her son has a rare genetic disorder, um, and so because of that, she feels like she can't leave Auckland. Like he needs a lot of help. He can't speak. He's in constant. There's just a lot of various health challenges, um, and so he basically needs full time care. Um, has a whole bunch of different um, doctors' appointments and stuff, and so also needs a wheelchair. So. When she finds a home that has wheelchair accessibility, often it gets snapped up really quick because she can get some funding to help because he can't live, um, I guess what we'd call a normal life. Mm-hmm. But by the time they've got the funding, the houses are gone and she just often feels like in a bit of a catch-22, bit of a stitch-up. So her and her son were living in a shelter, um, which I imagine also has quite a lot of difficulties with having a son with yeah, all things going yeah, on. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so so she sees this house. Um, the she, Jackie says the minute she saw them, she was like, I want these guys to have it. Like, nice. Anyway, shows them around the house, does it, you know, sorts things out. Um, obviously, COVID happened, and then that was a whole situation. But um, yeah, in the two months between when Shelley could move in, Jackie went and built a ramp specifically to have that done. They so it didn't even have a ramp. Didn't even have a ramp. I mean, I think width-wise, you know how sometimes you need wider walls yes. for things. I think it had things that made it helpful, but it yes. didn't have a ramp yet. Yes. But as a house, it was a really good setup. And so Jackie was like, yep, I want you to be the one to have this. And, um, yeah, so so Jackie guaranteed it to Shelley and her family for, I think, around eight years. She was like, yep, this this can be your house. Like, we're going to sign this. You can have some permanency here. Um, so you're not having to, you know, in two years, five years, having to be like, oh, we're going to do this all over again. And um, so Shelley is saying that, you know, Jackie has completely changed their lives. And Jackie was like, 
no, I haven't done anything. Um, <laughs> I'm just like <laughs> missed two weeks, two months rent. Yeah, exactly. It's a, it's a fair chunk of money. That's a chunk in Auckland. of money in Auckland. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But yeah, she, she she just saw that this family needed it more there was, than she there did. There was a need, and she filled the need. Yeah, and I just I just really appreciate humans who do that. Absolutely. And because it's so it was so not a extravagant thing to her. Like she was like, oh well, I just felt that they needed it more than I did. Um, so I was like, oh, I wonder I how many I wonder how many applications she got during that two months. Yeah. Hey. Or did she take it off the rental? I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Actually, that part I didn't see. But anyway, I just thought like, both of those were quite cool stories. I got very excited. This is probably my favourite part of like what I talk about because I'm like, oh, exciting things in the world. People doing good things. It's great. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. All right. So in our more serious news this morning, this uh, is a story that broke a couple of days ago in South Africa, in uh, Cape Town News about a 13 year old boy. In Nigeria, so this young lad, as a 13-year-old, got into an argument with a friend. Not an uncommon thing to do. I think most of us who were 13-year-old boys at the age of 13, probably at one time or another, got into an argument with another boy of a similar age. And you know how it goes. The ego kicks in. Uh, things are said that may be a little bit more extreme than what you intend to say. In fact, I've seen adults fall into that mistake. Well, he may have gone a little bit too far in some of the things that he said in this argument, and he has just been thrown in jail for 10 years. He's copped a 10-year sentence because apparently something he said ended up being blasphemy against the Quran or the Prophet Muhammad or something or other, and 10 years jail right there. So that's pretty full on. Uh, now, this is the same court. So this is, this is a pretty radical court uh, that sentenced a singer on social media, social media singer, um, for praising one of the local imams too much. So they kind of felt that they praised the, Im- the imam was getting more praise than what was uh, due him, and it sounded that he was getting more than Muhammad, so off to jail he went as well. So some pretty serious stuff happening in Nigeria. Of course, uh, the United Nations have condemned this. It breaks a whole raft of UN conventions, as you can imagine, um, of which Nigeria is a signatory too. So it's kind of like, well, people sign up to these kind of things, but are they worth the paper they are written on? Um so, and it's also a court that uh, allows for uh, the death penalty, for amputation, for flogging, etc., which is, yeah, pretty medieval in its um, approach. There's been a couple of text messages come through. This is from the earlier part of the show. Um, we were talking about the, you know, the extreme left and the extreme right earlier and how they are very polarizing uh, towards each other and how that Jesus had people in his disciples who were from the extreme extreme left and the extreme right. Uh, someone texted in to say, have you ever considered why there are two extreme points of view? The media does a great job, um, but most of its syndicated meaning a small group of people decide what the world will know as truth. Thank God we have the best news in the world. Uh, in the book, the best Sorry, the best news book in the world that only speaks the truth, and that is the Bible. And that is so true right there. You want to hear the truth? Go to the Bible. And then look at what is happening in the world through the lens of Bible prophecy. Uh, Another one here, we were talking about the uh, flat earth theory earlier, and somebody wants to point out the obvious. 
Have you ever considered looking up? All suns, all planets in the universe are spherical. Why would God make the world flat? We would be the only one in trillions of other planets. So very, very good point right there in relationship to that story. Okay, while we're talking about the extreme left and the extreme right, it's interesting to follow what's happening in the United States because, of course, um, Trump is about to have an election. Uh, He could lose, he could win. Uh, Who knows? The polls say that he's losing, but who knows what polls know these days? I mean, they don't seem to know much at all. But he had just has had a Supreme Court justice that has died, which gives him the opportunity to appoint a new Supreme Court justice. And it's interesting to see some of the people on his list. Uh, they're predicting that because a woman, a female Supreme Court justice has died, that he will uh, replace her with another woman. And we know that Amy Connor, Connie Barrett is on that list. Uh, she was one of the judges that was considered back when Brett Kavanaugh was appointed. And so many people are wondering, well, she's obviously high on the list uh, in the last week. Uh, Trump has commented that she's highly respected. He said, I can say that. So we don't know exactly which direction Trump is going to go with this. We do expect that he's going to rush this through as fast as he can. Uh, But it will be interesting to see what happens. But just uh, looking at Amy Connie Barrett, uh, she's a federal appellate judge. She's a professor of law at the University of Notre Dame, which is a private Roman Catholic university in the United States. She's a devout Roman Catholic. And she worked for the Antonin uh, Scalia, well, worked for Antonius Tonian Scalia when he was a Supreme Court justice. Now, he was an interesting guy because, you know, religion plays such a, a central role in all of this, these things. Of course, he was a devout Roman Catholic. And he made uh, an interesting statement back in 1990. So we're going back a few years right now. Reported in the LA Times, April 18, 1990, says Justin Antonin Scalia went far beyond the CSA and declared that when religious rights clash with the government's need for uniform rules, the court will side with the government. Religious adherents need to look to the political system, not to the courts for protection. There is a major problem with that, and I'm wondering whether you picked it up. You see, the political system is a democracy that is ruled by majority. When you have rule by majority, there is no protection for minorities, particularly religious minorities. And so a good democracy is what you call a constitutional democracy, where you have rule by majority limited by the constitution. When you have rule by majority without the limiting factor of a constitution, what you have is what we call mob rule. When you say that religious adherents need to look to the political system and not to the courts for protection, that simply states that only majority religions will ever get protection and minorities will not. Now, for those people who are close followers of Bible prophecy, that should ring alarm bells right there because the Bible says that there will be a minority of people at the end of time who will be persecuted for their beliefs, their beliefs in Jesus Christ, and that the majority of people, while professing religion, will actually be perpetrating that persecution. So 
interesting to see what we've got taking place here by stating that religious adherents need to look to the political system and not to the courts for protection. Basically, what Antonin Scalia did was negate the whole point of having a constitution in the first place. The reason that you have a constitution is not to protect the majority. The majority never need protection simply by the fact that they are the majority. They have natural protection by weight of numbers because they are the majority. The reason that a constitution exists is because there is such a thing as a minority that needs protection. Now, of course, the Supreme Court justices in the United States, their job is to interpret the Constitution. So what's interesting about this, and often people don't realise this, is that you have, uh, you know, Congress makes laws, uh, the President signs them into, uh, into, into power, they become a law, and then it is the Supreme Court that decides how to interpret those laws. And because they get to decide, when, when they decide how a law is interpreted, then you have common law, which means that all courts underneath of them must be interpreted by the same principles outlined by the Supreme Court. And so in that way, the Supreme Court becomes a legislative body, an unelected legislative body, which is why uh, Donald Trump is so keen to appoint a judge uh, before the election, because if he does lose the election but win the Supreme Court, then his influence will last as long as those Supreme Court justices continue to live or refuse to resign, whatever the case may be. Interesting world in which we live right now. I know that I say that on a regular basis, but keen students of Bible prophecy need to be watching very closely what is going to be taking place over the next couple of days. You're listening to The Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Joining us on the phone this morning is Robbie Bergen from, well, from Faith FM. Robbie, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks, Wow, Thanks for having me. Now, Robbie, you are from Faith FM, so... Tell us a little bit about, uh, I understand you've just uh, started recently at Faith FM. What is That's your right. new role there and uh, what are we going to be hearing from, from Robbie Bergen? Yeah, it's, uh, it's been pretty a pretty fast whirlwind sort of year this year. It's been crazy. Um, I, got, I got asked back in end of June to, to join Faith FM out there in Melbourne. At the time when they gave me the call, I was in Tasmania and... Uh, we started making plans to, to move to Melbourne in August. But as everyone will know, something really significant happened to Melbourne in August. So uh, <laughs> we got sort of diverted. So we, we've left Tasmania. We're currently um, in Brisbane, of all places, waiting for Melbourne to open up. So, uh, yeah, we're kind of in transit at the moment, living out of suitcases until hopefully sometime soon Melbourne opens up. We can actually get into Melbourne and get into the studio there in Melbourne. But at the moment... Um, we're running things from, you know, everyone's working from home, so we're doing some shows and things from home. So uh, you asked what my, my uh, role is. Yeah, well, just, um, just before we go there, just before we go there, just wanted to, if I could just butt in for a moment. Um, yeah. So, so, so basically um, um, I just wanted to, to, to remind our listeners that even though the breakfast show comes out of Newcastle, our headquarters is actually in Melbourne, and this is why you were planning to move to Melbourne because you've actually – working with Faith FM um, based at 
headquarters, but well, of yes. course, um, COVID. So um, yeah. yeah. Hence, all happening in Brisbane. Okay, so you, yeah. amongst other things, you've got a new show starting. Tell us about that. Yep. Yeah, so we're starting a show. It actually uh, aired yesterday for the first time. It's called um, The Faith Experiment. And um, basically, you know, I didn't grow up as a Christian. I um, became a Christian at around 23 years of age. And the show sort of starts with me documenting my personal experiment with faith and you know, as I talk to a lot of people, I hear things like, oh, you know, faith is this abstract thing. It's very mystical. It's not very tangible. And people who have faith are kind of, they're just, you know, blind to reality. And I wanted to sort of break down some of those, those stereotypes and just show how practical and how real faith can be by giving some examples of experimentation. So basically the show starts with, um, the first few episodes, be looking at my, um, journey through um, atheism to, to sort of faith and how I got to that. And then we're going to start um, getting into some really contemporary issues with faith and getting some experts on different topics and things and interviewing them. So we're looking forward to it. So we started yesterday. We went to air yesterday. We're repeating throughout this week. And so it's a weekly show um, airing Mondays right after you at uh, 9 o'clock on Monday mornings. No, praise the Lord. How long does it run for? Uh, it's, it's just under an hour. Each each episode will be under an hour. And... Um, so we'll have different sort of topics and things that we'll discuss. We've got um, lots of giveaways. So uh, if you want more giveaways, tune into the faith experiment. And um, yeah, we'll have experts in different areas of faith. And it's going to be and it's going to be an interesting experiment in more ways than one. Well, it will be a uh, a faith experiment, even even of itself. Although I. Uh, I'm sure this one is going to go exceptionally well. And super glad that you're able to follow on with uh, the breakfast show. So you, Mondays you'll be able to go straight from, uh, from Lyle to Robbie. That's going to be, um, going to be great. I'll be able to uh, – people, people will be glad that I've gone when Robbie comes on, I think. But anyway, uh, <laughs> no, nah, it's all uh, good. We got, we, hey, breakfast show is, is, um, is a very popular show, believe me. I'm getting, getting to see some of the um, calls and things that are coming through. You guys are doing a great job there in Newcastle. No, uh, well, praise the Lord. We've been uh, phone's been running off its hook here this morning, which has been uh, fantastic. And uh, yeah, that's it's always good to hear from our listeners. We enjoy hearing from our listeners. Um, Robbie, for those of you, for those who missed the show yesterday, um, yes. how do they go about hearing it? So I would suggest the easiest way is to get the Faith FM app. Go to your app store, download Faith FM, the app, and uh, if you go to the program section, you can do catch-up on there. So you can listen live on the app where you can catch the shows later, including the breakfast show. Um, but we will we'll, um, air live sort of thing every Monday at uh, 9 o'clock, but then we'll repeat. I think they're repeating it uh, twice in the week, so it'll be once on Wednesday and once on Friday, I think it is. But if you go to Faith FM, the app or the website, you'll be able to catch up or uh, see the schedule for the upcoming shows. But... Yeah, set it in calendar, Monday morning, 9 o'clock. Yeah, fantastic, and we encourage everybody to grab the app. It is the best way to listen to Faith FM. You're never going to have a scratchy signal. You'll always get the live show rather than the delayed broadcast, and, of course, you'll be able to catch up on anything that you miss right there. Okay, so uh, you're going to be doing more than just a radio show down there in Victoria at uh, head office. In fact... I did want to ask this question. We recently had some changes to the app, some upgrades to the app. Yes. Was this yes. your responsibility you're doing there? 
Oh, look, it, there's a whole team around the app. Um, I'm, I'm on that team. We've got some excellent developers and things. But, uh, yeah, one of the things we're excited that we just sort of rolled out, uh, I think about a week and a half ago, is what we're calling my um, Faith FM profile. So what happens is is that you can, uh, on the app, you can create a profile now. And uh, we just had a team meeting yesterday. We're about to roll out a really exciting feature that's going to let you favourite your shows and um, allow you to store them in like your like a bookmark sort of thing. And yeah, so some pretty cool, exciting things happening. And one of the things around that is an idea called badges. So as you do more things like listen uh, for a few more hours or you share a program, some of that, you earn these badges and the badges actually open up your access to the content. So we're actually going to start allowing people to listen to programs before they even go to air if they've got a profile and if they've created some badges. So it's pretty exciting stuff that these guys are working on with the app. Okay, so your program, which is called The Faith Experiment, uh, let's say that you uh, sit down and you put um, you know, put together, say, 10 of these, get them all recorded, get them ready to go to air, and if someone is just like, you know what, I, I just want to binge listen to this, if they uh, if they've got enough badges on there, they can uh, they they get access to uh, to to do a binge version of it. Is that kind of how it goes? That's exactly the direction we're going with it. Exactly. That's amazing. That yeah. is absolutely amazing. Yeah. Super excited about this. So do jump on the app and set up your profile and get ready to start earning badges and getting all of the benefits that are going to come your way right there. Um, Robbie, we haven't actually talked about what it is other than doing a, a morning show. What, yep. what, what is the rest of your role down there at Faith FM, which, of course, right. is happening up there in Brisbane at the moment? <laughs> yeah, so I'll, I'll, um, in addition to the show, I'll be um, part of the admin team for the state for the station based out of Melbourne, and uh, my my role basically has two parts. One is I'll be a, a content manager. So one of the things, as as our listeners know of Faith FM, we've we've had a lot of content over you know the last three or four years that's come from overseas speakers and things like that, and we've got a lot of great content and speakers and presenters across Australia. And one of the goals of Faith FM over you know, the not too distant future is to get more and more um, local Australian presenters on air. And so one of my roles will be to sort of um, get in touch with different people who have um, great ideas for different types of shows and programs and things and, and help get that content on so that we predominantly more um, Australian speakers and, and content on there. So we're, we're excited to, to move in that direction. So that's one of the, the key areas I'll be working on with the admin team out of Melbourne. And then... Um, the second area is looking at uh, the promotion of Faith FM. So I've been a long-time supporter of Faith FM before I had anything to do with it. And uh, now one of my responsibilities is to get the word out across Australia and um, to get some, um, you know, help get areas that don't have very good signals to try and uh, raise support so we can get more funding to get more um, stations up, more antennas up. Um Actually, just yesterday, we got a, a new tower up in Western Australia, so we're pretty excited about that yesterday afternoon. So Fantastic. Whereabouts where is, uh, where is the new one in Western Australia? Um, it's, I got the name of the place. It's south of Perth. I don't remember the actual suburb it's in, but it's down south of Perth somewhere. Well, special welcome to all of our brand-new listeners um, somewhere south of Perth. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still getting up to speed. I'll give you a break. Yeah, that's all right. That's all right. <laughs> haven't even arrived in the office yet. No, uh, I haven't even been in the building yet. <laughs> yeah. 
But yeah, at the moment we're, we're reaching about one in five Australians can tune into Faith FM, and that's pretty impressive for um, the sort of budget that we operate with. So we're pretty excited with the way we're just being blessed with uh, opportunities to put up antennas around the country. And yeah, we're, we're always looking looking for more areas. And I know some of our listeners uh, would like us to be in some of their areas so they don't have some um, you know crackling transmissions. But we're we're finding opportunities each and every day, so we're pretty excited about that. Yeah, absolutely. And if you're listening in an area where you don't live and you'd like to have a transmitter in your area, then uh, do give us a call on one eight hundred three two four eight four three. We can't make any guarantee that we can put a transmitter there, but we'll certainly look into it. Um, you can also text us on zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. And uh, yeah, sounds like Robbie is the man to talk to. Um, see if we can uh, raise some money, get some interest, and get some of these transmitters up and running and uh, broaden the reach of Faith FM. Sounds like a, uh, an exciting project. Robbie, we also have a number of uh, licences where we have opportunities for transmitters but don't actually have transmitters yet. Do we have opportunities there to, uh, to, to, to get these ones up and running? Yeah, we've got, um, this, we've got two really um, clever guys on the team who take care of, one takes care of all the licensing Another one takes care of all the actual installations and antennas and things, and they were giving us a report at our weekly um, staff meeting last week on um, some of the potential areas. I think they mentioned about 14 licenses that, that we've got that they're trying to um, get some hardware and some good locations with some good um, elevation. So there's places across the entire country as far as North Queensland down to um, Ballarat in uh, Victoria. There's a few places in New South Wales that they're actively working on, so... Yeah, there's so many opportunities. It's really just growing like crazy. And you know, the funny thing is, Lyle, is that some people think that radio is dying because of all the digital media, you know, like social media and uh, Netflix and those sorts of things. But all the data is suggesting it's quite opposite. The radio is actually um, growing like crazy this year. Some people think it's because of COVID. I don't know if that's for sure or not, but... Uh, yeah, the amount of listenership across not just our network but all the different networks, is it's growing. So radio is definitely here for the long run. Yeah, absolutely, and it's been around since, what, 1896 or something or other. So um, it's, a, it's a, one of those kinds of media that it's just not being outdated by everything else that is out there. Um, so we've got so many opportunities here. I know, you know, right, right here we, of course, broadcast out of Newcastle. And just here in the Hunter Valley, we've got um, two licenses where we have the opportunity to put transmitters. So it would be amazing to to see some transmitters set up in those locations. And we're yeah actively working on that right now to see if we can get that um, to get that happening. So yeah, the further this uh, network can spread, the better. Um, Absolutely. And of course, there's always the uh, the app as an option, um, and yep. also the website. So what can you? Uh, you if we go to the website, we can we do all the same things we can do on the app? Exactly, all the same things. You get the same features, you get the same badges, the whole deal. And also, I don't know if your listeners are aware, but we're also on Vast, um, the Outback uh, radio station or TV and radio. So pretty much if you're a, if you're a travelling um, grey nomad, which I don't think there's much of that happening at the moment with COVID, but even if you're that, you can pick up Faith FM right across Australia on the Vast network. So it's pretty impressive um, the sort of reach that, has been able to be accomplished in just a few short years. Okay, so we all know how to tune into, uh, say, 87.6, 87.8 or 88 on FM. How do we tune into Vast? So 
Um, Vast has, I'll just pull up the actual thing here so I don't get it wrong, so I memorize all the stuff like uh, you guys have. <laughs> but if you go to, uh, it's, uh, if you have your Vast um, receiver box in, or um, tuner channel thing in your car, whatever whatever they call them, different things, you basically just tune into channel 688. So it's Vast Radio Channel 688, and you can get that right across Australia. Fantastic. All right. Robbie, thank you so much for joining us here on Faith FM this morning. Super excited about your new role down there and to see our network growing and some new programming happening, some uh, um, new transmitters going out there and some promotions, some advertising. It's going to be amazing to, uh, to see what happens from there. Robbie, thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.